0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. And so tonight, let's continue. Let's go ahead real quick and just look at our foundational text. And then we're going to move forward. I believe you're going to be blessed. Look at our foundational text in Matthew chapter 6. And we had about six or seven nuggets. We're not going to do that tonight. Just go look at uh, the other other lesson and and, and, uh, maybe you made a note of them. But we, we, we need to close this out. Amen? It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Who's talking here? Jesus talking. He says, but, uh," or he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay them up where? Lay them up in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and what? And 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 in our former lessons, we come to discover that these treasures are thoughts. These treasures are thoughts. Your life is governed and directed by your thoughts. You will end up, wherever you end up, will be a direct link to your thoughts. That's the word of God. For as a man in his heart. So is he. So you can't think wise thoughts always listening to foolishness. Are you listening to me? Always listening to your favorite radio station. I'm not knocking it, but it's foolishness. And if that is the sum total of your diet, you're going to make wrong decisions and probably end up poor. Because you can't be poor outwardly unless you're poor inwardly. Impossible. If you're prosperous here, you won't tolerate poverty out here. Impossible. The word of God says, for as a man thinketh, so is he. And so as he continue to think, so he remains. Are you listening to me? Uh, I bought this shirt uh, a few months ago. It's the first time I wore it. But when I saw it, I had a thought. That's nice. I like that shirt. And I looked at the tag, and it was on sale for $9 and something. See, I just wanted to bust you out, because you think everything that's good is expensive. And you thought just because I had it on, it had to be a big price. But I look for deals just like you. (laughs) All I'm simply saying that if my thought wasn't right, I wouldn't have purchased the shirt. As a matter of fact, my thought was so strong about the shirt, even if you don't like it, it don't change nothing. (laughs) Are, Are you all with me? So now let's go back to Galatians 5. Galatians 5 and make progress and try to come to some some conclusion. Galatians 5, verse 16. How many of you want to please God? That's almost 90% of you. That's good. We'll get the other 10% in a minute. Look at verse 16. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 I say then who's talking here who's talking and who is he talking to this is Apostle Paul and he's talking to the church the Christians at Galatia yes and he says walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh hold on why is he saying this to Christians Can Christians operate in lust? Well, it's clear that they can or this statement is unnecessary because Paul is not talking to sinners. Sinners don't know anything else but to walk after the flesh. Why? Because they're not born of the spirit. But Paul is saying now that you have been born of the spirit, you have to make a commitment to walk in the spirit. For what reason? So that you don't fulfill the lust of your flesh. So that also lets us know that at the conversion of the new birth, it does not change necessarily the desires of your body. That you can be saved and still want to do it. If not, the same author said, he said, he said, submit your bodies as unto God which is your reasonable service, yes? So there's something that we have to do on purpose so that we will walk a walk or live a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. How do we do that? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I shared with you, I think it was your fourth nugget, that the five senses... What is the five senses? Uh, sight, touch, smell. He, he, what are the five senses? Some, some of you got four, but some of you got five. Sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Those are the five senses. If you don't renew your mind with the Word of God, that's how you operate, by the five senses. That's why you're always so emotional. And your decisions are out of emotions. That's why the decisions that you make don't last. That's why your commitment doesn't last. Because your commitment is out of your emotions. And so when you don't feel good, you think things are not good. If things are easy, you can do it. When you become a challenge in the direction you want to go, you give up. Because your lifestyle is based upon your emotions. That's why your walk with God is like a roller coaster. It goes up when you're feeling up. And it goes down like the timber wolf when you're feeling down. Or a Mamba. Are you listening to me? Three days you feel victorious. Two days you're down in the valley. And there's nothing wrong with your mind. You're not schizophrenic. You're not mentally ill. You just operate out of your emotions. And as a believer, we don't live by our emotions. We live by the word of God. We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we hear. We're only moved by the word of God. And to be consistent in obeying the word of God, you cannot be flesh ruled or emotion ruled. Are you listening to me? you move out of commitment the commitment comes from knowledge that means no matter what it looks like i know what god's word says even though it doesn't look like what god said is working in my life i know god cannot lie so if i stay with the process it won't be long this thing will turn around so i'm not going to lower my standard i'm not going to be dating some unsaved man because it doesn't look like a brother amen, in church is going to come along no, no, no. I'm going to wait on God. God, amen. If I'm a woman of God, my husband is going to be a man of God. If I'm a man of God, my wife is going to be a woman of God. And God is not going to send me to deliver him or to deliver her. Why? Because I couldn't deliver myself. Jesus So if they're not already committed to God when I show up, that just simply means I showed up too soon. Because if God can't fix them, what are you gonna do? And if he hadn't fixed them, you better wait until he fixes them. Because it's hard, amen, living with them while God is fixing them. Mm -hmm. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So so according to Galatians 5, 16, if we walk by the Spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we have been made free from all forms. Say all forms. We have been set free through Jesus Christ from all forms of enslavement. My body does not rule me anymore. No, we're not doing that and we're not going there. No, we're not going to say that. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I must testify. I feel like saying it, but I'm not moved by my feelings. Because if I say something based upon how I feel, I'm probably going to say something I'll be sorry for in the morning. Honey, I'm sorry. All those things I said, I was just uh, emotional. And for the mere fact you're saying you were emotional is a testimony that you were not walking in the spirit. Because you can't cuss somebody out in the spirit. You can't fornicate in the spirit. Well, y'all got quiet on that one. You can't lie in the spirit. You can't mistreat people in the spirit. Ooh, God, you ready for this? You cannot stay in unforgiveness and be in the spirit. You can't act ugly and be in the Spirit. Look at somebody and smile and say, he's talking to you, not me. You can't act ugly and be in the Spirit. You can't mistreat people in the Spirit. If you hurt somebody, if you mistreat somebody, if you're in the Spirit, it'll, it'll catch you. Oh. I need to go back and fix that. I, I didn't mean to hurt them, but I got a witness that I did. Brother, sister, I, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. And the, and the only way to be that way, you have to be in the spirit. Because when you're in the spirit, you're not self rude <laughs> Ooh, geez. You cannot be in the spirit and full of pride, too. Oh, Jesus, is this helping anybody? Exactly. So we have been made free from all forms of enslavement through the knowledge of the truth. The truth. And that's why I've taken the position, if I'm ministering truth and you're receiving this truth, you yeah. ought to see the effects of it in your life. Yes, because truth sets you free. Now, it makes you mad at first. Because the flesh knows it's going to lose ground. And so you get upset and you fight the wrong person. You start fighting me when you should be fighting yourself. Oops upside your head. That's just your flesh not wanting to give up the territory. And your flesh will not give up the territory without a fight. And the longer you've been allowing it to have its way, the bigger the fight. And eventually it'll give in when it comes to realize that you're committed to walking in the Spirit. This is good teaching. John 10.10. Some of you are getting ready to get your stuff. Because the devil has been robbing you. But his day of robbery is over because he's been caught. The cover has been pulled off of him. His behind is out and is blowing in the wind. Are you in John chapter 10? The thief does not come except to steal. I know the devil has stole from me. Because there's some stuff I should have today I don't have. And it's my fault, but I repented. See, some of you don't understand repentance. Repentance don't take long. You don't have to fast 40 days, 40 nights. Just repent. You don't need hands laid You don't need a gallon of oil. Just Repent. And the Bible says that if you confess your sins, that God is just and faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Well, if you're cleansed from all unrighteousness, the only thing left is righteousness. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means I qualify for everything that Jesus purchased on Calvary's cross. And because of Jesus, according to Galatians 3.13, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. The devil doesn't have a right to put sickness on me. I'm redeemed. I'm not walking in darkness. I've been born again. Amen. I've been redeemed. It's not God's will for me to live this life as a pauper barely making it. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And sickness is a part of a curse. God of mercy. Some of you need to change your confession. I got cancer. Well, you got it. Are you listening to me? The doctors told me something a few about a year or so ago I had to get busy because they told me if I wanted to live, I had to get busy. So I went to the doctor Monday, and I had a witness. I won't call him, but there was a witness with me. And the doctor said, oh, my goodness. This is, this is, this is outstanding. You know, he, you know, I let him go on for a minute. And I said, no, it's God. He said, man, look at these numbers. He said, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Well, what I'm doing, I'm feasting on the Word. I'm claiming my inheritance. That the devil doesn't have a right to put sickness and disease on me. There's no sickness. There, there, oh, Jesus. The devil is alive. There's always a cure. There's no such thing as an incurable disease. Oh, Jesus You don't have to die. You don't have to be sick. Now I'm walking in victory. There was a man where side, there's some things I had to do. But we know this, if you do your part, God's part is automatic. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. And I claimed it and told the doctor, Talking about for the rest of, no, no, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be blessed. You're going to pronounce no life sentence on me about something I got to have for the rest of, the devil is a lie. You don't know who you talking to, doctor. I got a doctor who's better than you, and he's got healing in his wings, and it belonged to me as a child. Somebody ought to say something here. You fight sickness and disease with the word of God. You don't roll over and take it. There's nothing in your body that the power of God can't change. He's a miracle worker. Yes, he is. Glory to God. I got mine and there's one with your name on it. I got mine and there's one with your name on it. I got mine. There's one with your name. I got mine. Amen. And there's one with your name on it. Good God have mercy. Go, oh, come on, touch three people and tell Says that's a miracle with your name on it. There's a miracle. Hallelujah! Yes, 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 yes. Please, please have a seat. I said two or three. Some of you went to six people. Jesus, Jesus, bless the Lord. And I mean, they was they did it quick too. I mean, they were moving. Look at this. The thief does not come. Who's the thief? Notice what he does. Notice what he does. Look up here at me. How come you can't recognize when he shows up? When Jesus is telling you these are the things when you know he's on the scene. He didn't come to just look at you. He comes to destroy you but he can't destroy you unless you let him. The thief does not come except to steal. What does he do? And to kill. And what? That's the devil. But look at this. I have come. I have what? So notice he didn't say I'm coming. He's not coming. He said, I've already come. That you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The abundant life is the life for the believer. You'll never have it unless you believe it. And if you're okay with just barely making it, that's the way your life will be. if that's the way you think, that's the way your life will be. Oh, it don't take much for me if I, if I can just pay these few bills. If I, if I can just see my way a little bit, Lord, I, you know, don't, it don't take much. That's not Bible talk. That's not covenant talk. When you hear people talk like that, that's people who don't know the family. that, that They don't know their heavenly father. They don't know what he has. And they don't know what he's made available to them. So, so, so they, talk, they talk this poverty stuff as though it's some kind of badge of honor. No, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's the life for the believer. And if we're not living that kind of life, Jesus told us, this is why. If you're not in abundance, Jesus said, this is why. If you're not living the abundant life, Jesus made it clear, this is why. The thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And you have to be careful that you don't become comfortable living a life where the devil is stealing, killing, and destroying. You have become comfortable in dysfunction. Your life is malfunctioning. And for some of you, it's okay because all your friends' lives are malfunctioning. Jesus. Oh, God. You can only have the abundant life as if you believe it and receive it. And the abundant life is not predicated on what you do, it's predicated on what He's already done. All God has to do is give you one simple idea. I was walking through this ministry the other day, like I always do for 30 something years before the school starts, and do what I do, and do what I do. Through this whole ministry. And I just happened to go in the ELC, Early Learning Center, and they had something on the door. And I grabbed it, and it just spun around the knob. And I come to realize it was childproofing the door. And I thought, who? Come on. And how come it wasn't you? Just a plastic something that you have to squeeze it a certain way that a child wouldn't know for the door to open. That's all you need. The Bible says, it is God who gives thee the power to what? He doesn't give you money, He gives you an idea. But if you become so busy, you can't hear him. And how can you hear him if you don't spend time with him? Are you you listening to me? Is this helping anybody at all? Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's close this out. Boy, I love that sound. Don't you? Don't you? You used to do that. Mm -hmm. Your parents had to take you out of church take you out of the movie because you're cutting up. I love it. That, that means life. That, that means life. If you don't hear babies, that's not good. Yes. <laughs> Preach. That's all right. I understand. Say it again. Oh, you're hungry. Okay. Pastor can't help you. Talk to your mama. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Are you there? Is that my grandson? Is that my grandson? Who? Oh, they got the same sound. God. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Glad is the Hodges. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You see it? Ready? You know it by heart. Ready? Read. Oh, man. How many things? All things have become new. Oh, Jesus. By means of the new birth, the spirit of God again abides within us. Notice I said again because we lost it through Adam but we gained it back through Christ. Are you you all listening? The Spirit of God does not abide in this place. The the Spirit of God doesn't abide in here. Boy, y'all give me some looks. The Spirit of God can only abide in you. And when we come together, we create an atmosphere. But the Spirit of God is not in this brick and mortar. He's in us. For we are not this building. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why you have to treat each other right. We all are part of the body of Christ. Are you all listening? No, when we leave, that abiding leaves. The Spirit of God doesn't stay here and wait on us. If I leave, I don't need the Spirit of God to stay here. I need him to go with me. Are you all with me? Now, there's an atmosphere here because we have consecrated and dedicated this place to God. There is a you 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 can you can sense it but the abidingness of God is not in this building it's in you if it's in you who Jesus is this helping anybody so if any man be in Christ he's a what so you're not the same So that means there's a distinction between a believer and a non-believer. As a believer, you walk in the Spirit. As a non-believer, you walk according to your five senses. That's why the unborn person, the natural man, doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. The Bible says they're foolishness to him. Is this helping anybody? Therefore, if he's not born again, he thinks and walks according to the knowledge that he attains through his five senses. So when you share with people spiritual things about what you're going to do, what God's told you, they look at you like you're crazy. They think you're crazy for tithing. But they tithe every Sunday at the arena or a honky tonk. Or the casino. And they do more than time. Sometimes they give their whole mortgage. But the things that you do, coming up to your church and helping, they think you're crazy. They don't understand you coming to church every Sunday. And they really don't understand you coming on a Wednesday night. Are you listening? I didn't say they were bad people. They're just not saved. They're not born again. You remember how you thought and how you acted before you gave your life to Jesus? Is this helping anybody? So this man, this man that's not born again, he is spiritually ignorant. Oh God, I could really park the car there. If he or she is not born again, they are what? Spiritually ignorant. Ignorant. What are you going to do with him as a husband or wife? Why would you marry a spiritually ignorant person? When we are in a spiritual battle. You're in a spiritual battle and you married to somebody who don't even know and understand spiritual things. He or she can only operate by the five So they will only do what makes sense. And as a believer, we don't do what makes sense. We walk by faith and not by the senses. Amen. I said amen. Now let's look at something here as we try to close out. Go to Joshua. Boy, this is going to bless you real good. Joshua chapter 1. Now we just read 2 Corinthians 5.17. Christ is not only our Savior, but he's also Lord of our lives. Jesus is not just our Savior, He's Lord. Yes? He's Lord of our lives. Look at Joshua 1 8. This is going to make sense. Verse number 8 ready read this book of the law that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it go ahead for then you should what For then you shall what? For then you shall what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So if you're not prosperous, it's your fault. Anybody know some people that are not prosperous? Do anybody know anybody that's not prosperous? (laughs) Because prosperity is up to you. It doesn't have anything to do with your salvation if you're saved but it has to do with the quality of life you're going to live while you're down here, while you're saved. He says, and then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have what? Uh, I I trust all you have this book that I wrote on meditation. And and if you read it, read it again. And if you read it two times, read it again. Spend Fellowship with it, along with your Bible. Don't read anybody's book without having your Bible open. But read it again. It it will bless you immensely. Now notice what what the the word of God says. It says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. What? You shall meditate in it day and night. You shall meditate in it day and night. As we meditate in God's law or as we meditate in God's word day and night, we will learn. This is good. We will learn the art of centering our thoughts on God. We will learn the what? We'll learn the art of centering our thoughts. You gotta get this. If you center your thoughts on God, you cannot walk in defeat in any area of your life because there's no defeat in God. And if your thoughts are anchored in him, you cannot be defeated. I said you cannot, be, you cannot be defeated. Thoughts are in the rim of the spirit. Thoughts are in the rim of the spirit. Nobody can see what you're thinking. We only know what you're thinking by what you manifest out. That's why we make bad decisions. Because sometimes people act out something that's not really what they think. That's why when God chooses somebody, he doesn't choose what you choose. Because man looks at the outward. God always looks at the heart. And every time he chooses somebody, we're like, what? David. David. God always looks at the heart. We always look at people who are putting on a show. We're always choosing somebody who stands out. Who's that? The devil? In a suit? We always look at the outward. We want somebody who's pretty. We want somebody who's handsome. We don't always want somebody who's good. Boy, y'all didn't say anything. And we think because something shines that it's good. Did you get in the shower for the third time and something starts going down the sink? And your neck starts getting green. And you get mad because you thought you bought gold. And you thought you got a deal on the block. Because the guy said, how much cash you got? You say, I got $60. And he says, man, this is a $600 gold chain, but I'm going to let you have it. And you get suckered in because you're always looking for a deal. Jesus. And you would have known if you were able to walk in the Spirit because when you walk in the Spirit, you can discern. Is is this good? Let's close this out. Isaiah. Last chapter and verse I'm going to use tonight. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. Thoughts are in the rim of the Spirit. Thoughts are in the rim of the Spirit. As we meditate in the Word of God day and night, I've already shared with you that we will learn the art of centering our thoughts in God. Look up here for a second. If you don't guard your thoughts, you're going to get in trouble. The Holy Ghost is trying to arrest somebody tonight because you're about to make a move that is wrong. But it looks right. And it sounds right. And it looks like a good opportunity. But it's laced with poison. Oh, Jesus. You see, if your thinking is wrong, your decisions are going to be wrong. Oh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? That's why if you get out of something, you get in it again. I don't care if it's a bad relationship. You get out of one bad one, you get in another one. Just a different person. Why, because nothing changes until you change your thinking. Once you change your thinking, you're not attracted to that kind of person anymore. That person can't trick you no more. I've done that, seen that, I bought the book. I know the last chapter. I bump my head. You see all these hickeys? And bumping your head don't change your mind. You have to change your mind to change your mind. Are you listening to me? If, 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 you're, if your thinking doesn't change, your actions don't change. Are you listening to me? Your life won't be better until your thoughts are better. You will stop making those mistakes if you stop thinking like that. And the only way for you to stop thinking like that, you have to reprogram it with this word. And you won't be tricked because this word will make you sensitive to the Spirit. And in the spirit world, there's more than demons. There's angels in the spirit. Are you listening to me? Are you in Isaiah chapter 26? Look at verse number three. Ready? Read. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, Baptist folk. You you don't have peace because your mind ain't on him. You're worried because your mind's not on him. You're stressed because your mind's not on him. You're nervous in the service because your mind's not. You can't sleep because your mind's not on him. You wake up in the morning just as nervous and and, and anxiety just like you went because your mind's not on him. You don't start your day acknowledging him. You just get started. You don't start your day with praise and thanking God for his goodness. You start your day with a cup of coffee and wonder why you're nervous. You don't start your day thanking God. You don't start your day giving God charge and authorization to guide and to lead your day. You get up and just go. and you're always running into trouble, you're always shipwrecking, you're always making a mess. You keep stumbling over the same rock. You keep saying you're not gonna do it and you do it again and again and again because you're going to continue to do it until you change your mind. Is this good? Is that, is that why you all are quiet? The Word of God says, you will, He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Oh, Jesus. So the only way for you to keep your mind on God, you got to trust him. Because everything with the five senses is trying to get you not to trust him. God will keep you in perfect shalom. If you keep your mind on him, peace in a storm. Come on now, don't look at this like a cow looking at a new gate. Jesus demonstrated this. He and the disciples were out on the the Sea of Galilee and a storm arose and it looked like they were going to sink and they had to go back to the bow of the ship and wake Jesus up because he was laying his head on a pillow, sleep. Why was Jesus so peaceful in the midst of a storm? And don't tell me because he was Jesus. He was at peace because he trusted his father. Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. But read your Bible. He only says what his father tells him. So he wasn't just talking. His father told him to go to the other side, and he told the disciples, we're going over to the other side. But a storm, opposition, trouble manifested, and Jesus kept sleeping. Good God of mercy, I don't care what it looked like. You're gonna win because God already said He's gonna work everything together for your your good. Sometimes things you think is trouble is really a promotion. Thou will keep him in perfect shalom, whose mindset is stayed on him. God will keep you in perfect peace if your mindset is on him. God will keep you in perfect peace. Care what the doctors say. When the doctors give you the report, look at it. Don't get mad at the doctor. Don't kick the doctor. Don't throw it on the ground. But then... Take your eyes and focus it on the Prince of Peace. Are you listening? When they gave me that report, I was was never afraid. When I first came in, the doctor said, my wife was, I don't know how he walked in here. Because the numbers are from zero to 11. And anything above a seven is not good. And when I walked into the office, I was a 14. And the chart only went to 11. He said, I don't understand how he walked. I don't know how he's not dizzy. I don't, know how he, I don't know how he got in here. And then he said some other things to me. And then he showed me some pictures. And I thought to myself, you'd have to be a fool. He's told you what the end result is going to be if, if you don't do certain things. Then I'm going to try and leave the doctor's office and go to KFC. I, I'm saying I'm believing God for my healing, and then I'm going to try and eat the things that would kill me. But I kept my eyes fixed on God. The doctor told me what I needed to do. I committed to it 100, well, 85 percent. The service is too good for me to start lying. <laughs> and I'm going to quit right there standing your feet. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. I, I was starting to speak evangelistically. Jesus. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. God will give you peace if your faith Is firmly fixed on him. Can't tell you the trouble I've been in since I've been a pastor. And a lot of it, I was only in trouble because I was a pastor. And God protected me from my enemies. Some that I didn't even know were my enemies, right up against me. And yet God kept me. Because he's faithful. God will keep you in perfect peace. If your faith is firmly fixed on him. My faith is not in men. My faith is not in worldly wisdom. My faith is in a God who cannot fail. And he promised that if I get in trouble, he'll get me out. I'm going to shout myself. He promised that if I get in trouble and call on him, he said he'll get me out. God of mercy. He promised that if I get in trouble and I was in trouble with my physical body, And I called on the healer. And he got me out. Now it's my responsibility to do what I need to do, so I stay out. Because he promised a long, satisfied life. And seventy is just is just a baby. You don't even know water's wet. I used to think 70 was old. Oh no, not anymore. <laughs> y'all remember that? Somebody 30, 40, something years old, Japan. Y'all old. Man, 70, man. Ain't old. Man, old. Man, I need a pacifier. Somebody give me a seventy. 70's not old. I, I'm, I'm redefining it. I don't want to tell you what the doctor said about me physically what i was physically some of you wouldn't believe it uh, <laughs> right. Right. Amen. amen i'm gonna start lying amen let's let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> amen. walk in the spirit you, you're teaching on walking in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the temptation to say something that the doctors didn't say. <laughs> Amen. Were you blessed tonight? Put your hands together and thank God for the word. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC.